Welcome to episode 33 of Throwing Wrenches. My name's Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott, and this is the auto podcast that definitely needs a little more time in the saddle. Yeah, and that is a direct relation to my activities this last weekend at Autocross. Saddle Hmm. time is definitely needed. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a moment. But first and foremost, if you're here, you found us, congratulations. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're an old friend, it's good to have you back. And uh, we would like to say thanks to some other old friends, our sponsors for the programming that, that really helped make this whole thing possible. Yeah, we got to pay for the show, so we got to give that little bit of time to the sponsors. So just hang on here for a second. The first sponsor, and full disclaimer, I work for this sponsor, Fort's Toyota Pekin. Fort's Toyota Pekin lives the Toyota lifestyle. Beautiful, functional, high-quality vehicles and trucks that will stand the test of time no matter what your budget. Visit them at toyota-pekin.com or stop by Fort's today at 120 Radio City Drive in North Pekin. Or as they like to say... 15 minutes from anywhere. See a friendly professional selling and servicing and racing, and we'll get more into that because we definitely live that lifestyle. And uh, I, man, I tell you what, Daryl, I don't think I work in a better place. So it's pretty. It's a nice perk of the job. I yeah. will say that. I'd like to see uh, Casey Law Office live up to this one. <laughs> Maybe they'll sponsor the next race car. Okay. Well, thanks to our other sponsor, Casey Law Office. You can check them out at clopeoria.com. Casey Law Office is dedicated to an honest practice of law and will fight to get you the results you deserve. No matter what your legal need, you can contact Gabe Casey at the Casey Law Office. Call, click, or stop by the office, and you can discuss your claim free of charge. That's right. It's the Casey Law Office, a modern legal practice dedicated to solving your legal issue. Don't forget, that's CLOPeoria.com. We also have some Patreon folks who also support the show. Uh, if you're interested in Patreon, just click the link on the uh, upper right-hand corner of our page there, right with this episode. Uh, we'd like to say thanks to the dude from Kokomo for making the show possible. Also, uh, we've got some other folks who are uh, possibly... Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the dude is the platinum, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we definitely love all of our Patreon supporters. We had some material for episode 32, but honestly, mm. I think Daryl and I got a little too honest and frank in the episode 32 post and pre-show. Was it, did, did we kick it up to legal and they said, uh, probably shouldn't put that on? Oh it? yeah, oh, I think what it boiled down to was, uh, I, you and I had talked about maybe like <laughs> leaving our wives and heading off to the auto circus, something like that. And, I don't remember that. Now I want to hear that. Did you just did you? No, I still ha- I still have it. Is it going to show up? If Maybe we, I could. You and I run for office one day. Well, and there's a, there's an issue there too because I I'm actually going to be on the Tazewell County ballot. I think this year. So are you serious? Yeah, we'll get it. That's a whole different. thing. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's a whole separate podcast <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. Uh, also, going back to Gabe Casey, let's give Gabe just a little a few more seconds of time. Okay. Gabe is working on a new small business in Morton, Illinois, and it's uh, it's going to be like a cyber cafe for. I don't understand how like cyber sports work in high school and stuff like that, but apparently that's the angle going on here. So Do we he's still gonna... use the word cyber, cyber sports. I think so. Esport, esports, esports. 
Not to be confused with EA yeah. Sports. So since we can't let the kids really participate in sports, I think eSports might actually be the next big thing. Virtual sports. And Gabe is going to be on the forefront of this in Morton, Illinois. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, further details to yeah, come. Yeah, forthcoming. He's uh, invited me to stop by his shop. I've seen his Land Cruiser sitting out there on the main drag in Morton, just south of the Dairy Queen. So it's right there on the main street. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you know where Dairy Queen's at in Morton, then you know, you know, you know everything about Morton. By the way, for folks who are outside of our listening area, uh, you know, Morton, Illinois is the pumpkin capital of the world. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful place to call home. It is home to the world's largest canned pumpkin factory. So it has that going for it. Yeah. But also really cool businesses. Uh, they used to do a really cool street cruise on Main Street there in the summer. I can believe that. So, it's a great, it's a great old town uh, feel there. Yeah, definitely. Anyway. I wish Gabe Casey luck and all the best in his future endeavors. We will definitely have to uh, get him back on the show and talk yeah. about what's going on. Yeah. If you don't know my co-host, Daryl Scott, well, then you're probably not itemized and in a list in a card catalog mm-hmm. somewhere. Because my man, Daryl here, he knows everything and where it's at in his garage, in his house. And it's all cataloged. <laughs> it's all got a neat number on it, possibly serial number recorded somewhere with the owner's manual instructions. You'll find nobody as dedicated to organization as Daryl Scott, whether it's a 57 Chevy or 1978 AM radio, Daryl probably has the record and the reference to it. Actually, i, I got to tell you, man, the diligence that this guy has, the meticulousness of his uh, organization, it blows me away. So Daryl Scott, is he's something to behold. I'm, and I'm sure the uh, long-suffering Mrs. Scott probably admires that feature about you as well. Um, not at all, actually. <laughs> That's okay. We we uh, the garage is pretty pretty organized right now. The rest of the house not so much. Not ca- not card cataloged yet. And especially since uh, she and I have been working from home for the last couple months with the whole COVID crisis thing, and uh, we'll have daily discussions about well, does this mixing bowl go in this cabinet oh, or is this the mixing man. bowl drawer here? You know, and then she, at at some point she's like, just get out of my face and go away. <laughs> and then I go up to the garage and just organize bolts. Um, and for those who might not know. My co-host, Eric Stahl, some dads think they're cool. You know, they think they are. They have a midlife crisis. They might buy a Mustang, and they try their best to use the language of today's youth, all in an attempt to remain hip and, quote, cool. Well, then there's the kind of dads who actually, despite their age, their penchant for polyester clothing, their haircuts, and their record collection, they actually, they are cool. They're more like a 65 Mustang, which is still pretty darn cool no matter what era it is, right? Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host is a 65 Mustang, but maybe a few years newer, better than average miles. He's, he's more like a Mustang too. I've never been compared to a Mustang. It's, it's all, it may be an insult as a Toyota guy. I don't know nah, if I can take this as a compliment. They're, 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 they're pretty cool. Okay. Eric Stahl is a cool, cool dad. And happy early Father's Day, by the oh, way. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. I hope your kids get you something cool, like, I don't know, a tie with a Land Cruiser. Or an MR2. I'll take an MR2. Well, <laughs> you have room? <laughs> Shush. What happened to your other car? You just, did you get the wheels off that? Yeah, I did. I'm okay. good. Anyway, we'll worry about that right. later. All anyway, right. thanks for listening. Make sure you share this everywhere that social media will allow. Uh, of course, uh, we're always pimping the show on Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, Instagram. Always throw a post up there. I put it on LinkedIn. And... I don't do a whole lot with Twitter, but, uh, you know, please share it around. We, uh, have sent out some stickers. Daryl's been great about that. You know, if you do some reviews on, uh, what, iTunes or Spotify, I don't know if Spotify does reviews actually. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere you do a review, we're willing to send you a sticker. So, uh, 
keep us in mind. Make sure you share it around because the only way we can make this thing work is if we get more listeners. Yeah. And then we get that Joe Rogan money. We will. We will. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just watched a whole bunch of Rogan the other night, um, uh, podcast recordings. Ah. And he was talking with Greg Fitzsimmons about uh, jujitsu versus Krav Maga versus <laughs> all kinds of martial arts. And like four hours go by. I've eaten a whole frozen pizza yeah, and I, yeah. I know everything about jujitsu and Aikido. I like to go try that sometime. It's so cool. Um, speaking of folks who listen from all over the world and learn things, uh, been following uh, Jason Sack. He's over in the UK. He goes by the Instagram handle uh, 64Morgan44. Pretty cool. He's actually doing a whole restoration on a vintage Morgan 44. That's uh, For those who know what Morgans are, wood frame cars. It's a horse, right? It's basically a horse. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're wood. They got the, they the the bodies have metal over you know a wooden frame, almost like a throwback to like a '30s car. A cool little roadster, and he's putting in some incredible work. Check out his Instagram. He's definitely a fan of the show, and we will try to see if we can get uh, a sticker over overseas. Yeah, we can do that over the pond, across the pond. Yeah, maybe you know we're trying to get across the pond for our uh, our winter break this year, so maybe we'll see if the Stall family can stop by there. Yeah, check yeah. Check, check that out. Anybody who restores wood bodied stuff. Whether it's an old model T or a Morgan like this, I think we early wow. on we talked about some wood wood frame restorations, like in episodes four, five, six, seven, single digits. yeah, I mean single digit shows, and I was like blown away. I'm like, so you mean I could make a car in my garage with my woodworking tools? And yeah, kind of, it's frightening. It is. Well, speaking of garages, things uh, that are going on, what's uh, what's happening with you these days? I know you just got off of a super busy weekend on the uh, on the tarmac. Yeah, dude, we've waited so long uh, to do autocross. I mean, um, Central Illinois region autocross, Central Illinois SCCA. We talked to Joe Feaster in the past. We're not doing a whole lot over here, and I think the COVID thing really knocked him around. Uh, Joe had injured his back, and I I know he was laid up from work, so he's got other oh. priorities going on. And in the meantime, I think there's a little disorganization going on there. I, I'm not going to – I don't – this is a tough balancing act because I don't want to be critical. And I and I told Dean Plumador this. It, it's hard to stand there and, and say anything about anybody when you're not willing to step up. So far be it for me to cast stones at the organization say they're not doing enough when I'm not there helping them, you know. It's all volunteers, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping for the best. I hope Central Illinois region does stuff. But as it turns out, you know, the Champaign County Sports Car Club, CCSCC, these guys, they have it nailed down. They have a great organization. Dean, of course, is ahead this this time right now. He's the chairman. But uh, he Dean wasn't Plumidor, always... who was from one of our previous shows. You can go back and listen to yeah, that. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, talking to Dean, he, he wants to get back on the show. He wants to talk more about autocross. Dean got a new vet. And uh, he was rock and rolling out there. I rode with him a couple times. I, I left handprints in the upholstery of his car, <laughs> riding with him as he just casually, you know, had the top ten time of the day. And sure. Like, yeah. You know, we couldn't high five each other because of COVID. But anyway, um, getting back to the event, uh, Champaign County Sports Club had the first autocross event. I think that was on record this year in Illinois. Oh wow. Yeah. And in order to do that, they had to uh, appease. Uh, the legal people in Rantoul, they had to, you know, appease the SDCA and the state of Illinois. So there was a, a lot of restrictions laid down ahead of time. There was almost so many restrictions that I was like, I don't even know why we're coming. We couldn't have guests. We couldn't have people in the pit area. Mm, okay. uh, everybody had to be wearing a mask. Couldn't have ride-alongs. I mean, it was, there were so many rules that it was like, you've sucked all the fun out of this. But the, the fact is, we've had nothing all spring. Had yeah. Had to do it. 
you know, we at Forts, we'd gotten the Supra at the January auto show. We've been waiting for January to finally get this car on the field to play. So had to do it. And Mr. So the specs, it's a 2020 Supra. Yeah, so we got a 2020 GR Supra. It's not the launch edition, but it was the, it was the cars at the Peoria Auto Show. It was a white Supra and the beautiful thing about that was I could match it with our white FRS, got it wrapped. Uh I got lots of stickers, lots of decals, but the car is bone stock underneath. It's it looks got, good by the way. The the wrap uh, on both the FRS. Yeah. And what year is the FRS? 20 2013. 2013. Yeah. So and and that was a throwback too. I've had some people go, "Oh, that's hideous. That's horrible." I'm like, "If you know anything about Ivan Stewart or Dan Gurney or anything yeah. in the past, you yeah. know, with with the Toyota series racing, this wrap makes complete sense. It's the orange, yellow, and red. It's, yeah, right? red, orange, and yellow stripes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, actually, it, I didn't know. I, this, this is a rabbit hole for another show. There's actually different stripes based on the, on the country of origin of, of the race cars. Hmm. Like blue and greens come from, like, if you're from Finland, your car's always got green. I don't know. I don't know the rules, but Japanese cars traditionally have a red stripe. Okay. Anyway. They look good. Bottom line, cars yeah. look great. And this was the first, this is the inaugural run yeah. for the Super. So other than the stripe package, the car is bone stock. It's got the tires that were on it from the auto show. There's nothing been changed. We we do own a race chip, and we thought about putting the race chip in there. But why not run it bone stock? The other thing about it was myself and Pat Fort, general manager and owner, and uh, Dustin Harper, former technician, but a pretty good race car driver who's run our FRS and our other cars in the past, uh, who now works for another company, but he's still friendly with us and, and still tunes on the cars. Dustin's never driven the car, and let me let me kind of go back here. Uh, Champaign County Sports Car Club operates a lot of their events throughout the year at the Rantoul Air Force Base, the old Chanute. If you know anything about Central Illinois, it was a big air base, but then I think in 1992 or 1993 they abandoned the base. But there's airstrips everywhere. There's pavement everywhere. It's weed-covered pavement. Yeah. I, I hate taking pictures out there because it looks a little disgusting in some ways. I wish I could just go out there with a weed whacker pre-event or maybe a burner. <laughs> some roundup. And yeah. clean it up. <laughs> anyway, it's got tons of tarmac, and it's pretty level. There's a few spots where there's some buckling, but for the most part, we can make a great, great track out there. Now, in contrast, Central Illinois Racing, Central Illinois Racing, it's usually shorter tracks. Pekin Airport, uh, Mossville, Caterpillar has a parking lot. We can use that. It's pretty small. And ICC parking lot, which I haven't been privy to, but we're trying to make that happen. All smaller spaces. When you're dealing with Chanute, you're dealing with big spans of, of space, and you can get some serious speed. And it's always been a thing that if you go to Champaign County, you're going to run fast and you're going to run hotter. And and so that was always my concern with our old Celica, my 1990 GT, that uh, you're going to have to be in third gear in that car. You're going to pop the engine on it. It's just the yeah. car's not going to handle those RPMs in second gear. It takes a lot of discipline. So Supra's built for it. The FRS that we have, the 2013, it's got a supercharger on it this year. It's built for it. Our rub was we thought the 2013 FRS, and I'm sorry, it's going to get boring just plan on hearing a little bit about superchargers and autocross here. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that appreciate this. So yeah. This is good. Uh, our thing was we had, we had spent the winter before we even knew we were getting the Supra building the FRS. We, it, the car was normally aspirated last year, but we had an opportunity when we were doing a recall on, on valve springs on FRSs to swap one from an automatic to the manual. And we thought, well, we'll just throw it on, on the, uh, the race car. And this car will be so fast, nobody will be able to touch it. <laughs> and and that car has serious control. And when you're on the short track, and like I said, in Pekin or wherever, it's it's dynamite. It keeps up with the Vipers. It keeps, it, which seems 
crazy, but until you watch it in action, see that car doesn't roll. It goes right around the cones. It's sneaky fast. So we're thinking supercharger. This car's top 10 all day. Uh, but then we can't race over here. So we know now automatically we're in danger going over to Champaign County with the FRS, but it doesn't matter because in the meantime, we picked up the Supra. The Supra, you're thinking, all right, this car normally aspirated has no special features, has 300 tread rated tires. Uh, it's not going to be as fast as the FRS, right? You're thinking this, the, the Supra, On right paper. out of the box, yeah. the car literally has come off the transport and is going into the track. The FRS, we spent three years tuning this car. The suspension's dialed down, you know, it, the engine's dialed down. The tires, the tires are insane. They're yeah. sticky. Nothing's going to beat that car. And, I even thought my teenage daughter driving the FRS would stand a chance against some, an amateur driving the Supra. Well, I can tell you, I had eight passes in the Supra. Only one of them qualified because I missed seven others by cones here and there. And I could get into this or that. That's why I said I need more saddle time early in the show. But even in my one pass, which I think maybe was my second or third that I got ac- that I got right, mm-hmm. I was still like in the top forty. And my daughter wasn't even close. No kidding. And she's been doing this for a while, you know, and she had the supercharger and, uh. Interesting. Yeah. So. So the car's quick. It's quick. Yeah. You see, here's the thing. As a Toyota guy over the years, I, I've been used to hopping in a car, whether it was my Celica, whether it was the FRS without supercharger, get it in second gear and just smash the pedal and just hang on. Mm-hmm. Because there wasn't that much guts. You're driving a four cylinder and. Just let it rev. And every once in a while I'm letting off the gas and bam, I'm stamping back down. But I'm never. I'm never moderating. It's just there's there's two things. It's either on or off, on okay. or off. It's either pedal up, pedal down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with the well, I tell you this with the Supra, I found out real fast that uh, you have to learn how to do half pedal, quarter okay. pedal. You, you need a, a little bit of discretion. Oh yeah, it was bizarre. Uh, as a matter of fact, about the third or fourth race that I ran, Dean hopped in with me. And goes and Dean's a vet guy. And credit to Dean, he hopped in there with me. He's like, uh, you know, you need to turn off skid control, you need to turn off this or whatever. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do it. So we hold down the traction button for like three seconds, and the light starts flashing, it goes off. Well, I guess by holding the track button down, you actually turn off everything, skid control, traction control. I well, basically, handy. I just made it just a live axle back there. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. I was a drift champion that, that the run. It was the, the worst. It was, no, just that one. Cause okay. I was never, I told Dean when we got out, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I was, I look like an idiot just rolling around the cone, you know. Puts uh, on a good show. Yeah. It was a good show, but Kids I did, love it. But, uh, it was, it was pretty great. It was, uh, the first time I've driven a Toyota and, you know, okay, purist. It's not a Toyota. It's a BMW. Uh, it's the first car in the Toyota stable that I can get into. It's rear wheel drive, has power on command. You know, I yeah. can jump on this car and, and that's, I think that's why Harper did so well. Cause Harper, like I said, our train race car driver, Mustang guy for years. This car drives more like a, it. yeah, drives more like power. a Mustang. You know, he could, when, when Harper would drive his car, he would normally get around the cones and just jump on it, use that 800 horsepower, you yeah. know, and that's how you kind of have to drive the, the Supra. And that's not how you drive the FRS at all. It's, it, there's got to be a different approach. Yeah. I've heard that uh, from friends that have had BMW M3s yeah. uh, and coming out of a Mustang or something, rear-wheel drive American muscle car kind of thing. Yeah. And they said, you can't drive it like a Camaro or you can't drive it like a Corvette because it, it's different. It's rear-wheel drive, decent horsepower, but yeah. the car is much more balanced and much more subtle. So it takes – it's it's like uh, <laughs> it's like using a hammer you know, for every – I don't yeah. know what the expression is. When you have it, when your only tool is a hammer, everything looks like nails. <laughs> okay. It's like every autocross course is probably like that. Yeah, and I can see that. It's a great, great uh, analogy. I, it, 
I, I told Dean when the day was over, I'm like, I need more, I need more time in this car. And actually, I, so we had kind of a, a post-race follow-up meeting. Mike Fort, Pat Fort, and, uh, and I were all talking out in the garage on Monday night. And, uh, he's like, so would you drive the Super again? You know, or do you want to drive the FRS? I'm like, I, I have to drive that Super again. Because it wouldn't be fair for me to drive it one time. And I'm not trying to be a guy who just wants to sit in the car. Right. You know, right, and just right. like, ooh, I get to drive super some more. I just feel like it's disingenuous to me just to drive it that one time and, and feel, I, and I failed. Dude, I'm going to tell you what. I don't know if you ever watched like Dr. Horrible's sing along blog. <laughs> no. You ever no, seen that? No. Oh, anyway. Well, anybody who's seen that, but I was, Dr. Horrible's sing along blog. Daryl and I have talked about some obscure references pre show. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, you might be missing out on this one because, yeah, I we mean, did. We were talking about, uh, you know, Chichescu. Anyway, Nicola Chochescu. <laughs> um, there's the a, se- there's, a there's a scene in Dr. Horrible where, uh, he just he looks mortified because you know Penny, his girlfriend, is dating Doctor Hammer. That's all I'm going to say. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the most obscure reference yeah, we've ever. Had anyway, um, but no, I, that's where I was at. I was mortified because you know seven races out of the eight, I didn't I didn't hit DNF'd. the cones right. Yeah, and I did that thing. Well, first off, I think I need sunglasses. I I, I think I need polarized glasses. I think going out there without sunglasses anymore. Maybe it's my age. But there's I, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I watched some of the video you put up. We can share some of that if you want. Yeah. Um, I watched some of the video. That stuff goes so quick in that, in any car. It, it's a giant tarmac. There's cones out there. And I, I, and I'm mute. The smaller tracks, I feel like everything's a little easier to see. Mm-hmm. When you start stretching it out, uh, the first three runs, well, the first three segments of the course were slaloms. Slalom here. Go to another slalom. Go to another slalom. Yeah. And every time I do, I did that slalom switch, I would skip a cone somewhere because there'd be like a cone just like sitting off to the side somewhere. You and, lose track of it. Yeah, and the, and the track there, there wasn't really. I mean, they take drywall and they try and mark out some stuff, you know, and just rub it on the pavement. Not working. But but the pavement at uh, Chanute is basically white or yellow concrete. It's old concrete. Yeah, like it's not strip. like it's not blacktop. Okay. You know, so it's. Anyway, I suck. That's all I'm saying. No, you don't suck. It's, <laughs> it was your first time out in a new car. Yeah. Drove and, and the, it was, I mean, the feel yeah. compared to the FRS, yeah. radically different, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, the cones come faster at that point. If you have that kind of power, the cones come at you faster. They do. And, uh, anyway, it was fun. It was a great event. I'm, I'm really glad we got out. I would have loved to have gone Saturday and Sunday. Now, knowing what I know, two days in a row might have been good for me. Yeah. And and the other thing about it is, and I, I've talked about this before, they need volunteers. You know, so if you have the ability to be out there for a day or two, you know, do it. You yeah. know, and, and that's the only way these clubs work too. And this is probably why the Central Illinois group is suffering, because we need more people to come out and do two days. I mean, I I had this conversation with my wife. She goes, "Why aren't they doing events in Peoria?" I said, "Well, they need a secretary. They need this person." And she goes, "Well, we could help out." I said, "That's fine, honey. We can help out, but realize that when you say you're going to help, you're giving up your Friday." Your Saturday and your Sunday, probably three or four times a year to do these events. Yep. Are you still willing? She goes, "Oh, I don't know if I could do that." And I'm like, "Well, there you go." You well, know. and and all the in between, yeah. Because you you want to go and meet with somebody, or you got a different venue, or you got to meet with insurance people, or sign yeah. documents, and so you, it's a it's a it's quite a big deal. Yeah, a commitment that sounds like fun at first. All the volunteer organizations it doesn't matter if you're in scouts or troop, uh, you know, scouts troops with the, same your logic. kids yeah. or church groups or 
you know, Masonic Lodge. Everybody is struggling right now. And it's not just an age thing. I think originally that one, people wanted to say, well, it's the younger kids don't want to do you. It's a lot easier to blame the younger kids. Yeah. If you have a good organization that's well run, it doesn't matter who, no, they'll Cham- show up. Yeah, Champaign County does a great job. And, I, and I've witnessed that uh, now. This is probably the third or fourth time I've been over there. Yeah. Do a great job of running a very nice event. And, and people know it's going to be a solid event. You know, one of the kids I met with an FRS was there from Indianapolis. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, people are traveling from all over because they know these guys run good events. Yeah. So, and I fair. think. You had talked about your buddy from Madison. I don't even know where we're going to fit this into the show. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Madison organization, I think, is pretty strong, too. And I think I think Quad Cities has a pretty good organization. Yeah, Madison's not bad. There's Windy City. I think they're out of, like, the south suburbs or somewhere in Chicago. They they do stuff um, all over. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's really it. Yeah, I'm a good friend and friend of the show, Michael Keeney, who you've probably seen on Facebook. Uh, we shared some links. He's got a little... Uh, Pontiac T1000 that he autocrosses. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, actually, I think you shared it on the Facebook page. Yeah, uh, it's the video. Fun. Oh man, it's that, fun. But that thing is what you know, 85 horsepower yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he made it look fun, and I showed that video to Pat Fort too. I said this track looks insane. They've taken a round track and basically done a figure eight pattern in it. Look, look great. They do some really good stuff up there. So, yeah, but again, that Madison Club, much like the Champagne one, has been together for a long time. Yeah. I think since like the f- early 60s, something like that. Yeah. They know what they're doing. I'd say the Central Illinois Club is probably one of the newest ones. So they're struggling with, with growing pain. So. Sure. Uh, the only, I guess the only other project I have is my son's still dying to get... We're not going to Friday Night Lights. He's not taking his truck to Friday Night Lights okay. because we never bondoed his truck. He's so disappointed about that that dent in his truck. From the hit in the mailbox yeah. in the winter? Yeah, yeah. I'm is like, it that really? Bad? No, I don't think it is. I just would have plastic dipped over the thing. Yeah. But he wants it bondoed. Uh, I know. When it... When it uh, if you paint the thing, sure. Otherwise, plastic dip it, put it in one color, and drive it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, he's young. It's not going to be the only dent that no, he's going to put in that no, thing. No, he's got the rock lights and the light bar. Go out to Friday Night Lights and just light that thing up. Just have some fun. Well, anyway, well, yeah. Friday Night Lights is a is a cruise in that is happening usually once a month. And this show probably won't be out before it. It's coming up tomorrow yeah. uh, on the 19th, but. It's the first one of the season. So uh, originally they usually start up in like April or May. Yeah. And because of all the COVID stuff, they, they kind of delayed it. So I'm expecting, unless it's a torrential downpour or 97 think degrees. It'll be packed? I think it'll be packed. Yeah. Which will be fun. I don't yeah. know. I'm debating on which car to take, but I need to get out. Well, I'm going to try. It's my son's birthday. And, uh, oh, very nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean this, this is like. We can't talk about it because it's already going to happen by the time the show's released. But I may or may not be there, and we may may or not talk about it on the next show. Yeah. So that's enough about me and autocross. All if you right. want to talk autocross, hey, hit us up with questions on the Facebook website. Yeah, uh, I'll try and post some pictures and stuff. But uh, certainly tune into the Forts Toyota Facebook page because I post a lot of pictures. There's 350 pictures just of what stuff I posted. Weedy pictures, like I described. Maybe I just go out there with some like gasoline just like light that place up i don't know uh, maybe maybe <laughs> but you know what it, it seems like a really good venue I, I i'd love to go out and spectate at some point um yeah this wasn't that's... the event to go to because yeah. of the covid so yeah. i know no I, know. I think as a matter of fact dean was like where's daryl and i'm like yeah. i think may, it will get you out there to one of those if you want to come god bless you daryl i think you'd have a great time yeah it would i'd love to now i gotta find something i can race around a track with. yeah i got cars all right <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Daryl, cars, what is going on in the classic car museum up in Peoria? Not, not much. I got most of the parts uh, sorted and categorized for the '58 Plymouth that I picked up. Uh, sorted and May. categorized. You hear that, folks? Sorted and categorized. 
And I found out, uh, I've actually been searching eBay, uh, which is weird because I was on eBay, you know, 20 years ago buying stuff here and there, but I never really went nuts with it. Mostly because you find something you like, great. If not, some of the stuff's overpriced and, you know, you can, if you're in a club, you can, a guy, a friend, a guy who knows somebody else usually can get something much cheaper. Yeah. I think this was in his crawl last episode if you tuned into that. It was, it was a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but I found a guy on eBay, and I bought a couple of door, door strikers, door latches. Okay. I like screw to the post or whatever. Mine were missing for some stupid reason. So I got those, and the guy put in a business card. First of all, it was two separate auctions for the passenger side, driver side. He combined the shipping and credited me without me even asking about nice. it. And then in the envelope or the padded envelope he mailed him in, <clears throat> excuse me, he puts in a little business card, and it's like so-and-so classics, uh, Cutler, Wisconsin, or whatever it is. Custer, Wisconsin. And uh, I look him up on Facebook, and it's like a legit junkyard. It's a junkyard behind this guy's house on the country. That's awesome. And he's like, check out my other auctions. So I'm like looking, and I'm like finding a whole bunch of stuff that I don't have. And where's he located? It's in the middle of Wisconsin somewhere. It's near like Stevens Point, like north of Madison. So, okay, so like lacrosse. Uh, not that far west. I think it's okay. straight up. But okay, Stevens Point, isn't that near where the brewery's at, uh, Landkugel or something? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Chip- it might be worth a road trip. Chippewa Falls? Chippewa. That's what, that's what we were thinking. Sarah's <laughs> like, I might, you know, that might be kind of fun. Um, but I found a drive shaft. I found some trim pieces, all the little nuts and bolts that, I, uh, yeah. seat frames, stuff like that. So, it, a jackpot. Um, so definitely, <laughs> if you haven't given eBay a shot in a while or you, you know, you've been there, done that, check them out. You know, I started using eBay again because Amazon Prime is no longer like reliable like Prime used to be. No. Two day shipping doesn't exist no, anymore. No, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, I ordered GoPro batteries for this last event. Yeah. They were going to be here on Friday. How'd that go? Uh, by Friday, they sent me an email saying now they're going to arrive on the 12th to the 18th. And yeah. I did not have them for autocross. They showed up on Monday or Tuesday. Cool. And I'm just, I'm, I used to have so much respect for Amazon and their shipping, and it's not happening. And it could be COVID. could be COVID. It could be. But maybe they need to hire some people. Yeah. Maybe stimulate the economy. I was a late adopter to Amazon. I didn't want it, didn't want it. And finally, my wife's like, I'm just going to get it. Plus, you can get car stuff for like in two days. Okay, yeah. fine. I hate it. Every experience I've had with, is like what you said. Well, I've that's had, not every for me. That's just recent, I think. Yeah. Amazon sucks. Anyways, uh, I got my air compressor back. I got an air compressor in like 2002 and uh, left it at my folks when I moved out as a young man. You haven't had an air compressor in this garage, the no, new house? No. Seriously? I have. I, well, the other house I had for 10, 11 years, we didn't have electricity in the garage. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. It was just a garage. Oh, folks, folks, first off, you have to imagine to yourself a little, a little automotive museum, mm-hmm. you know, and, and with all the old cars and with all the old bead leaks on the old yeah. steel rims, yeah. probably saggy tires every time Mr. Scott probably got in and say, honey, let's take a cruise up in Peoria Heights. <laughs> probably had, to, where, what did you do? You didn't hand pump him. Um, no, I, I, I knew where all the free ones. The oh free. my God. So Casey. Are you kidding me? All cases are free, by the way. So you can get you know oh, air for your tires for I'm free. I'm in I'm in shock. It was a different it was a different point in my life, different chapter, yeah. if you will. Uh, high V also amazing. That air compressor at all the High V stores throughout <laughs> Iowa and the Midwest is it solar Look powered? Up. Well, you or dial up. Power? It's one where you dial in like 32 psi and it stops, <laughs> as opposed to Casey's where you just just get hope, just blow it up, hope. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's I got that. <laughs> and back. all the Casey's aren't free. 
They're like 20. I thought they were charged. Really? Yeah, I think some of them have a quarter charge. It used to be. Yeah. Maybe you might be out of time. I, I'm shocked by this. Honestly, I'm in shock really? that you did not have a compressor. I mean. No. No. The, the one I do have. You I got have, a riding mower, for God's sakes. Well, that's only because the neighbor was going to throw it away. <laughs> Which, by the way, that thing's awesome. That's been my new thing during COVID, working from home. I'm like, um, it's noon. I'm going to like eat a quick sandwich, and I'm going to go mow the lawn. And just a riding mower. It's awesome. I should have bought one years ago. Um, so, yeah, just working on that. Um, getting a fridge for the garage. Uh, getting one this weekend, and uh, because that's basically where I'm living now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the only other thing that I've been geeking out about is there's an old show. It was on Discovery Channel maybe like 10 years ago. It was called, it's, it's like pre-Cuban embargo lifting. Oh. Um, it's called Cuban Chrome, and it's just a old dudes, old timers in Cuba fixing up old American so cars. So it's like Buena Vista Social Club, but with cars. Yes, nice, and not as good. And the music. soundtrack. Oh, seriously? Yeah, that'd be the reason I'd tune in. Uh, I that is a great soundtrack, yeah. though. Yeah, but it's fun. It's on Pluto TV. It's a free app. Oh, okay. If anybody gets a Roku or smart TV, yeah. check it out. It's on the Cars channel, Pluto Cars. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I never saw it when it was on Discovery. Yeah. But it's worth watching. It's fun. Yeah, I watched a, a show this last week called The Drive Report. I think or The Drive Report, I, and I'll, I'll put a link to it. It was a, first off when these shows get like three stars out of five. Yeah, you know, you got a question like you would think that all the fans of the show would be like, "Yeah, I'm going to give you a five star." Right, right. So then everybody else who didn't like it gave it a one star. But it's basically some guys who get on motorcycles they bought two weeks ago, Suzuki bikes. Uh, some kind of all-terrain bike, and they decide to drive from San Diego all the way down to Rio for Carnival. And they've not planned... Sounds adventurous. It does, but they've not planned anything. They've got no visas. They've not really made any travel plans. And by the time they get to Mexico and get to Baja, they are completely out of their element. They they fall in with some other guys who are adventure bikers. But once they get to Honduras... I don't even know how they got to Honduras, honestly, without getting rolled. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, they end up shipping their bikes down to Argentina, get through Argentina, things break down. They they think they're just going to use, they're not even using Gaia maps. They're not even using like real GPS software. What are, so they, what are they using? Just like paper? Yeah, seriously. Like old school paper fold up maps. They're like, well, we don't really know where we're at. And I'm like, you guys are idiots. Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting watch. It was 90 minutes and, uh, and what is it on Amazon? You it's said it's on Amazon Prime, and right. I and I and I'm really enamored by these kind of shows. I will watch them even no matter the quality, because uh, a couple guys in a GoPro going in another country, I'm cool with that. Because uh, you, you're thinking they're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> watch these guys; well, they're not gonna make it. So I'm gonna tell you this, and I and I am not blowing smoke at all. There was a point where I think in Argentina, one of them was driving all of a sudden, pop, and then no power, lost power. And so the guys are on the side of the road, and they took the carburetor off the bike. Like, I think it's a carburetor issue. And he tears the carburetor down, puts it back together, puts it on the bike, still nothing. And then they get to a shop later on. And I'm like, I told my wife, go, spark plug. It had to be a spark plug. Yeah. And uh, he gets to the shop. Sure enough, the spark plug had blown out of the, you know, the threads. <laughs> and I'm like, are these guys idiots? <laughs> he tore a whole carburetor apart without even checking the plugs on this thing? I mean, Real I, thorough. Yeah. <laughs> Real thorough diagnosis. <laughs> anyway, and, and uh, right now Expedition Overland's doing a special on uh, a solo couple driving up to the Arctic Circle in the month of March. Now that from, might be more fun. And, and There's ex- less chance of. You know, and they're driving a Tacoma truck, so I'm, I'm watching that too. But go. they're releasing those shows every week, so we could we should probably do Eric and Daryl, 
you know, on so, what on these platforms, streaming. Yeah, streaming. We, well, streaming. we need to find a, a goofball rally or something that we can participate yeah. in. It would be fun to do a gambler. Yeah. You know, find a POS car and just. I have a up. couple POSs well, actually. <laughs> I have a Celica that needs a tranny for four hundred bucks. We could, we can actually, yeah, maybe make something <laughs> like that happen. That's a terrible idea. Or put it on. Didn't you say somebody's going to put it on like a, a Tacoma chassis or something? Yes, or? we could do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So let's Beautiful. get on to this week in social media. My favorite segment, Twism. But this week. Daryl has content for it. What do you got, Daryl? Well, there wasn't a whole lot uh, on on the social media side of things. Nobody blowing up in local neighborhoods. At no. The, uh, nobody doing burnouts at Aldi. No. Okay. I mean, save of uh, uh, I did find out that Power Tour, Power Tour is supposedly back on, but then it was back off. But I, I think they're trying the Hot Rod Power Tour, which was crisscrossing parts of the Midwest, including stops in Champaign, Illinois, and I think in the Quad City. This is a huge deal. I know people who literally. They they build their cars all year long just to show up on the power tour, right? Yes, yes. So you could do like the long haul. You could just do like a, a section of or it, or just come in for one of the stops and, and show, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know where it stands now. I read that it was back on, but then I read there were some other states where they were having issues. So who knows? Uh, definitely check on on what's going on with them. The official link I'll put up or something on there. But um, I, I wanted to go back in time because I'm I, today sucks. Modern times are terrible right now. So I like comfort food. That's they say right now cereal, sugary cereal and like really crappy food is selling like hotcakes because people want to go back to and the I'm, good I'm, old days. I'm going counterculture on that right now. I'm, I'm being you healthy. Are. You are. You are. I saw you eat a, a spinach smoothie there earlier. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, very, very nice. Now, uh, Test Drive Junkie, if anybody follows Test Drive Junkie, all one word, on Facebook, they've got some neat stuff where they go through the archives of either Motor Trend, Road & Track, a lot of Motor Week reviews. They'll Dude, put some classic Motor Week. great. It's fine. So if they, and the headline for this post on Facebook was, 1989, if you had to choose one, Chevy Lumina or Ford Taurus? And it's a picture of them both at the probably some like North Carolina drag strip. Winston racing in the va- Winston <laughs> drag racing. I mean, probably smoking in their cars while they're doing it. Right, right. And everything was still sponsored by cigarettes and booze. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a white '89 Taurus LX and a probably a '91. Sorry, '89 Lumina. I mean, with- dreadful two hundred dollar cars today. Yeah, if you look at them today, they're probably not worth. You know, powder to blow them to hell. But they have the test results here. They talk about their zero to 60 time. They talk about their quarter mile time. By the way, in 1989, if you had a Taurus and it had the, uh, the three liter Vulcan V6, that puppy would run a quarter mile in 17.7 at 76 miles an hour. <laughs> that's a 17 second quarter mile. That's, that's, that's my cell. That's my Celica. <laughs> I bet you it's <laughs> with no tranny. Bet you it's quicker. And then uh, the Lumina was actually. I'm sorry. The, that that was the Lumina. The Taurus would actually do eighteen uh, six. Oh my 18, god! Six. Yeah, that's definitely not the Yamaha motor. No, it's 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 worse, which is weird. <laughs> but they basically um, so everybody chimes in on these things and there were like 60 comments last night and it looked like the lumina was winning people said i'd much rather have the lumina better motor quicker car definitely just a, a much more fun to drive car but do you remember back in the late 80s early 90s where like luminas and tauruses were everywhere dude the, this body style of taurus was an ev- everything i mean everybody bought one they, every, every yeah. car they traded in every crown vic every 
every New Yorker, everybody was buying those Tauruses and just that plain old body style. It didn't matter what make or model you owned before. That was like, it had to be the number one car on the road, right? I think for a while it was. Uh, They were really ahead of their time. That design came out in 86, the classic Aero Ford, you know, kind of jelly bean looking design. Well, that was, that was pre jelly bean. Because uh, they went with the true jelly bean on the like the second gen Taurus, right? The second gen is all the round stuff, yeah, yeah the yeah, round yeah. headlights and stuff like that. Yeah, this was very much. I mean, compared to what this replaced, which was like the Fairmont mm-hmm. or the Granada, this is just this I was mean, a modern car, huge, and it really does still. They still look decent today, but it's hilarious. I I always go back to the Days of Thunder that scene where Rowdy and Cole. They, they're supposed to meet at dinner and they can't decide who's going to drive because they're both so competitive, right? They're yeah. both race car drivers. <laughs> so they pull off at like a thrifty rent-a-car and they're yeah. like, we're both going to rent separate cars. We're going to drive each other to dinner separately. And it's a Lumina and a Taurus and they both just beat the crap out of the cars. You remember that scene? No, not really, but uh, kind of. Yeah, kind of. It's great. The, it's, it's, they, they leave at a stoplight at an intersection out of the rental place and they both burn out, you know. 100 horsepower V6 yeah, and these yeah. things. But they both just smash each other up. They go on a beach, and they're just like, it's like Dukes of Hazard style. Yeah. That's Texas all day long, right? And then they go to the restaurant, and this, the last scene is the valet guys parking the cars and, like, the radiators dripping and Hub smoking. Hubcaps have fallen off. Oh, it's great. It's hilarious. So I'll put a link up to that classic scene. But if you had to pick, folks out there in, in radio land and podcast land, if you had to pick... It's 1989, your daily driver. Is it going to be a Lumina or a Taurus, or do you not care? I think it's fun to go back in memory lane. I would do, I'd would be a Lumina all day long. How about you? Uh, I think I'm, I'm a Chevy guy back then, so I'm definitely going Lumina, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Although the motors, 3.1 V6, yeah. multi-port yeah. fuel injection. Well, you and I are both Astro guys, and I oh, think yeah. I talked about my love for the Z24 when I was a kid. Oh, so, God, yes. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I was never, my family was never a Ford family. Yeah, mine neither. Yeah. The Taurus was neat. I remember riding in a couple, but I definitely think the Lumina was a lot more fun. Yeah. I will say one other thing in this week in social media. I do believe that at the uh, Logan's parking lot last weekend, there were uh, lots of big trucks with Confederate flags spotted down there. Really? And the cops showed up to stop some impromptu car meeting. Interesting. But I could be wrong. I didn't look it up that hard. I just I heard the rumors. It seems like this kind of stuff never stops. There definitely has been. I saw a, a conglomerate of, of lifted older Square body Chevy trucks in a couple parking lots, but it's mostly like the high school kids. chains hanging on the front. The chains are the big thing. I don't know, chains, you know, yeah, like you're going to recover somebody from That's a ditch. The or sound something. of the man working on the chain <laughs> gang. I, I mean, get. we hung out in high school and parking lots and stuff like that, but yeah. then we got shooed away by yeah. the you know the Burger King. I think manager. the social media thing. Like I said, you can. Uh, we said this before in the last episode. And I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but you know, the flash mob aspect of you can show up with a bunch of guys instantly and have 20 or 30 cars right there. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just the new reality, right? This I is guess. the new normal, Daryl. The new normal. Thank goodness. All right. So uh, our show normally includes a big news segment, and we got a few news articles for you. Uh, we're going to start with national news. Nothing really international to talk so much about, but uh, interesting article here from CNBC. Mary Barra. Do you know who Mary Barra is? Do I know? do. She's the CEO of GM. Yeah. she She's cautiously optimistic on coronavirus recovery and consumer demand. 
Um, she said it's returning as well as global economic recovery as businesses continue to reopen following the shutdowns due to the coronavirus pandemic. We've been pleasantly surprised on how demand has come back, she said Wednesday on CNBC's Squawk Box. We're cautiously optimistic as we see the demand rising. She said the company's hopeful that we'll have a strong recovery overall, but is planning on multiple scenarios, making sure the company is strong from the business perspective that they can weather any outcome. Um, I, I can tell you just from the ground level at our dealership, um, we're, we're seeing demand. Customers, customers have been pent up, whether it's for service needs or for sales needs. I think they come back. The, the problem we're having, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this is for everybody else in the country. We're more worried about inventory and, uh, supply and demand. Mm, okay. You know, th- we talked about the trough, you know, two or three months ago, uh, of, whether it was the parts being supplied to the cars at the factory and whether the f- cars were getting out of the factory to the dealerships, you know, how long will that trough, uh, slow us down on our inventory? We're, we're talking about models that we thought would be here for 2021 being here in the fall. They may not be here till actually 2021. When does that ever happen? The calendar year? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that never, usually it's, you know, October, November, September, something like that. Exactly. So, uh, so I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic as well, Daryl. Uh, let's hope so. I know there's some there were some promising numbers out of uh, Europe in May. Same thing. So as things pick back up, that's fantastic. I would love to see the economy, you know, going gangbusters again and people getting into new cars or finances some some used purchases, whatever it takes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you do see something on the lot and you want it, and then you know you're going to argue about price or this and that, it's probably not going to come back around. And, and, and the low rates too. I'm telling you what too. Uh, yes. So we're in the middle of June right now. If there's a, a deal that runs out the end of June and the inventories get low, guess what? Those rates are not sticking around. So now's the time. Really, it's it's a great time to be a buyer and just jump all over your hands on. Uh, also, another article that kind of leads into that. Automotive News had an article. Uh, about inventories being low. They said at the start of June, new vehicle inventory levels were down by one-third compared with a year ago. The situation is expected to get worse before it gets better as automakers struggle to get production consistently up and running. Not all vehicles are affected, but certain segments such as mid-sized trucks, which we talked about last episode, are dwindling rapidly in supply. Though millions of Americans are facing financial hardship, they still need vehicles and they will be looking for value with Deals with 84 months and in incentives to go out to like 0% for 60 months yeah. uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. You can bet your uh, bottom dollar, Daryl, that the inventories are going to get lower and lower. Yeah, that's for sure. But now is uh, is definitely a time to, to take a serious look. I know yeah. there's a lot of folks uh, who are having younger drivers enter the household. You know, they've got their license, and, and they're looking for, to add a third car yeah. and get something a little more. Two 16-year-olds in the last week, I saw pictures on Facebook, yeah. you know, getting them cars. I'm like, wow. Hey, yeah. if you can pick up something nice, cheap, and yeah. you take forever to pay for it, go for yeah. it. We'll put links to those on the uh, on the show article at thrownwrenches.com. Uh, but sometimes, like this automotive news article, sometimes you're behind a paywall. One article that wasn't behind a paywall and I thought was interesting was about mobile service. It's an automotive news. It's Ed Roberts uh, has a dealership in St. Augustine, Florida, Bozard Ford Lincoln, and uh, he has mobile service vans. It's an $80,000, and I'm going to guess it's like a Sprinter van that's all set up to do recall work. And they started arriving last year, and he... Pr- you know, he's primarily serving the dealership's fleet customers, but things have tilted towards individual clients, and about half of all the orders involving recall work have been regular, uh, uh well, I want to say residential, res- regular consumers. consumers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
we've we've kicked this around actually before too. Actually, having a vehicle that goes out and does recalls because people don't want to come to the store, and people don't even care about a recall so much if it's inconvenient, which seems crazy in this day and age. Yeah, nothing seems crazy do you anymore. Think, do you think recalls have become trivial because they're so prevalent nowadays? I think so. I think people got desensitized, and if there isn't something in it, even if it's free, that's the thing I don't understand. This is something that is to fix a defect or something, you know, a shortcoming somewhere. Daryl, my time is valuable. I hate to say that, but I also, there have been times where I've put that off. Um, you know, previous cars have had airbag recalls. You call and, oh, we don't have the parts you have to order. Well, and that's, that. that's the rub, I, I believe. Yeah. I, I think you call a dealership and you say, hey, I got a recall letter in the mail. I'm like, uh, yeah, we're still waiting on parts in that. And I'm guilty of that too because we just sometimes don't have parts. It sucks, but you it know? is what, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the position everybody's in. Um, for me, it's always been, uh, it's better and I work a normal schedule now, but I was working, you know, early, early mornings. You know, I didn't want to take, take a day off work or have to deal with stuff. So I, I can understand that. But mobile, you, you, you see that with glass companies. Glass companies, you, they'll come send the windshield guy out and, uh, you know, go to the parking deck in your office and swap it out right there. I still get people who go, they'll do that. And I'm like, yeah, that's what they do all day. They just show up, you know, my yeah. dentist the other day is like, I gotta get a windshield replaced. I'm like, they're gonna come to your your dentist office and replace it. They'll do that right there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Mark. They've been yeah. doing that for a billion years. You the know. only time they won't do it if it's below freezing and the butyl caulk doesn't set up and yeah. stuff. So I mean, you could take it to a shop in the winter time or whatever. But uh, I don't see why not. I think that's a fabulous idea. It's one of those innovative ways to change the game up and maybe get a little more. Um, I don't know, participation in some of the recalls or some yeah. of the warranty work. I think m- my biggest uh, challenge, I think, because I thought, we've thought about this before. We, I, I got to say this, you know, my, my boss, he listens, so I'm not trying to pander here, but he's progressive in these ideas. He probably reads a lot of this stuff and says, we need to do this, we need to do this. Uh, we've talked, we talked about this two or three years ago, but I think we're, you don't want to be bleeding edge when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, you want to let someone else kind of be there. Yeah, but the, the thing about for me is you got to find the right guy, the guy willing to get in the vehicle and drive and do recalls. Right. So first off, you have to have somebody who's willing to dress properly and be able to talk to customers face-to-face and realize you're going to be talking to customers when you go to their house and say, I'm here to do your recall. They might be hovering over you the whole time. You know, um, Yeah. There's all <laughs> kinds of things that go. And so you have to have somebody who's got some, first off, yeah, technicians don't normally have the best couth when it comes to dealing with customers. So you might be you, you got to find that right guy. Yeah, that's a little it's more tough. outgoing. Well, it is because you're in an environment where I'm going to work on this and I know how to do it, and I don't need somebody who's going to yeah. micromanage. Yeah, and I'll say this too: I have friends that do this. When you call a plumber to your house, hey, you need a hand? No, dude, you call the plumber, let him plumb, get out of his way, yeah. and then when he's done, inspect it. Cut a check and be on with your way. Yeah. Uh, uh, that would be the only rub yeah, I would yeah, think yeah. is having to deal with customers. What are you doing the there? What are you doing? There? I just saw your guy scratch my dashboard. Right. You know, right. well, I wasn't there to defend him. You know, so I'm, I'm trusting my guy out there. All uh, I gotta say, you probably have to have GoPros and dash cams uh-huh. <laughs> on the on the vehicle right? or a body cam like a cop. Yeah. Right, right. You stripped um, a screw. I yeah. saw it. I saw it. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting to see where this goes. And I, I think this is the industry. I, I've watched the key guy. I've watched these other vendors come out and they do things. And they, it's all remote, man. You yeah. know, so the brick and mortar aspect of that can be gone. You can have all these subcontractors and that. So who's to say a technician can't be doing recalls or even the manufacturer? But from Tesla, and I have a, a just a vehicle that goes around all day. Yeah. And our, we, we talked about this going back. We're cutting edge on the show, folks. We talk about these things. And then they become news. Exactly. (laughs) 
But, you know, before Tesla had a, a regional repair facility in Bloomington, Illinois, they had technicians in a vehicle repairing vehicles on the road, and that's mobile service. So, um, But then you're not tying up a bay in your shop. You're not yeah. having to jock, you know, jockey. Not inconveniencing my customer. Exactly. But I'm in central Illinois, and half the year the weather's garbage. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Enough about mobile service, Daryl. <laughs> but it's a what? great, innovative yeah. idea. Yeah, it is. What else we got in the news? All right. Uh, I have not really paid much attention to this because uh, I'm not a huge Dodge Challenger guy, but they're cool cars. Dodge Challenger is celebrating its 50th birthday. That's not cool. Consecutive 50 years of production. Yeah, because they, they kind of disappeared for a while. They did. But cool car, one of the first retro muscle cars to kind of come back. Um, but they are actually going to be celebrating with a special anniversary, special edition. And uh, they originally, Fiat Chrysler was going to only make like 1,900 of these things. They're going to have like gold rims and all kinds of special decal packages, interior, stuff like that. Um, nothing different as far as like horsepower, because I think you can do like the different levels, trim levels, like yeah. SXT and, uh, of course, the ones with the Hemi and all that. Uh, but they've actually announced they're going to do a second run, and it's going to be kind of neat. So. We'll see. Uh, I'm not sure. Fiat Chrysler was one of those that w- they're going to get rid of the summer break at the plants. We talked about the last yeah, episode. Yeah, we did. Uh, Waiting for the union grievances. Yeah, so we'll see how how production is going to be affected. But uh, it should be kind of neat. And apparently they do a wide-body version of that model, which I didn't even know. So if anybody's into the fat fender, like the, the kind of cool stance look, if you get something like that with that 700-horse Hellcat motor. Yeah. That might be a fun car, especially with some, some goodies on there, like the special edition. I think it'd be fun to kind of go back and look at the, uh, the whole retro scene when it kind of came back because, um, mm, mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, when, was it the Camaro or was it the, was it the, the Challenger? I mean, what, what, these cars when they started rolling out in that retro styling, uh, what what initiated this? The Mustang came out with that kind of look in 2005. Okay, that was the 2004 was the last of the the kind of the Fox body holdover, the warmed over chassis. In 05, they came out and they all looked like the late 60s 67 8 bullet Mustang type look, and that I think was the first one to do that. Only because I think it just hit that right age where it was like, okay, these are cool again. Yeah. And you had the retro Beetle, you had some of the other retro cars that that. that were a throwback. The Miata certainly helped. Yeah. Where you have this kind of that's true too. Lines. Yeah, but that was. I mean, I don't know. I feel like these muscle cars kind of came back. I remember when uh, Top Gear, Top Gear came to America. Yes, and so that you know the Dodge was in there. And I, did they do a Vet and a Dodge? I think they did a. Uh, I think they did the Camaro, the Vet, and the Challenger. Because the Camaro came out and with that with that look in like 2010 maybe, okay. All right. and then the Challenger came out right around the same time, oh nine, oh ten, or 2010. No, I think it's been a great trend. I'm so happy for it. Really, I, I look forward to when trucks actually kind of do some retro stuff because I'm, I'm I'm so sick of these box style trucks. You know, big box things that yeah. look like an international semi. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and the fake chrome all over the place. <laughs> I'm so tired of the fake chrome and the, yeah. and the giant chrome dashboards. Because it's not chrome, folks. It's plastic. Yeah, it's plastic, <laughs> and it's not going to age well. You're it's gonna, not. They're gonna not going to look out. pretty. They're not going to be beautiful anyway. So yeah, look for a special edition. That would be neat because I think uh, Chrysler. If any any manufacturer can do a special edition and a throwback, I think Chrysler 
uh, Dodge, Jeep, those guys do it better than anybody, right? Yeah, the Jeep especially, they've had like some 1941 edition or Heritage edition. Oh yeah, seen some cool stuff. They, they I mean, some neat stuff. Yeah, they do look back and they, and they, they use their history wisely. Yep, yep. All right. All right so, speaking of history. I love this next article, it's in local and I'm gonna let you take it, but the funny thing was, today at work, one of my employees goes, hey, did you know they're gonna do, uh, drive-in theater up at Northwoods Mall? And I'm like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do because I didn't say this because I want to talk about it on my podcast tonight. You know, <laughs> you didn't you didn't drop some some uh, knowledge on them. No, I didn't. Well, Northwoods Mall, much like other venues across the country, they're actually going to be transforming their parking lot into a free community drive-in theater, and they're going to do some family-friendly movies throughout the summer. So, starting Friday the nineteenth, which is tomorrow in our time here, and uh, Fridays and Saturdays, weather permitting, they're actually going to be showing movies. Um, starting at nine o'clock. So that's family cool. friendly. Family friendly stuff. The first one they're going to do is the Transformers, the Bumblebee movie. Uh, Speaking of retro Camaros, yeah, right. Uh, they're going to actually um, make people register, so it's not just going to be kind of a free for all. Yeah, you got to buy the ticket on Eventbrite, which I, I actually I give them credit instead of like people like lining up and like, hey, what do you mean it's full up? You know, <laughs> right. I got my whole family in here. We're going to drive around back and watch anyway. Suburban yeah. with 15 kids. Yeah, exactly. Or or people like stole away in the trunk like the good old days. Like the classic drive-in yeah. shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. We were talking before the show, Eric. Uh, did, did you have a drive-in growing up near you? Uh, so, yeah, I grew up in Pontiac or near Pontiac, and we had the Gibson City drive-in is where we go down to Harvest Moon. Okay. Yeah. And was that your traditional, like... I You know, I don't know that I ever really went there until uh, in, until my wife and I got a convertible. Oh, that's Cause perfect. I, yeah, because yeah. but you know what? As a kid, I saw. Well, I t- we talked about this maybe on the Christmas episode. I saw Cannonball Run at a drive-in theater in Kentucky. You know, and I don't remember what the double feature was, but that you know, and I do believe my cousin did steal away in the trunk to get into that movie. Just, yeah, you got like yeah. <laughs> pay for two <laughs> to or sa- to something. save that two dollars. Yeah, the drive-ins <laughs> were so cheap. We had three growing up by me. Did you? And I think they're all gone now. Uh, one became a grocery store. One was like condominiums. They just blew that up a couple years ago. There was a group that tried to save it. It was up in Kenosha, yeah. and they had like petitioned the city council. Like, and hey. you're saving the screen because think about think about the mechanics now of a drive-in theater: an FM broadcaster yeah. and a high definition projector that's of good caliber. Mm-hmm. You can make a theater anywhere now for let's just say under ten thousand dollars. You could have a, a probably oh, yeah. an amazing setup, right? Definitely, yeah. And I've seen people try to recreate this uh, in their backyard. You know, they'll they'll take a you know big sheet or they'll invest in a screen and a yeah. projector and have the neighbors over and the kids and stuff. I think that's fantastic. There's nothing like watching something outdoors, and and it is still kind of a community setting. Yeah. But it's still there's something more intimate about it. I don't know what it is. Um, I love movies in the theater, but the, the drive-in was definitely something special. And I'm glad to see people start to embrace this, especially as kind of an alternative, because stuff's weird. People still need, you know, if we were talking before, if you're a, a young high school couple, what do you do? Go yeah. to movies? Yeah, you can't go to a movie. You can't can't do go to a restaurant. Anymore. Yeah. And the people sitting in these uh, little, like, these these homemade, like, seating areas beside brick-and-mortar restaurants, yeah. they look miserable if they're out in the sunlight. You know, <laughs> unless you sunburned. unless you had an outside seating area before this all happened, whatever they've contrived to try yeah. and to placate your entertainment there, they all suck. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. yeah. You're sitting on like a little Tykes picnic table. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, we're having a taco at La Fiesta. It's yeah. great. Good third-degree sunburn. It's great. <laughs> so happy to be out. I'm sitting on a stool that's three inches off the ground. My mm-hmm. knees hurt. 
but I'm having fun. Yeah, it's it's been wild. So yeah, I think the drive-in theater. I think maybe you know this would be awesome. And I think I, I told you earlier I was, I was driving down McQuets, um last week for finally to have a, a beer outside there. And uh, I drove past this little place in Pekin called the Calva Corner, which anybody from the area knows Calva Corner. It's right there. Uh, I think it's Willow and Route 29. But there's outdoor seating at Calva Corner, which makes no sense. I mean, it's basically a greasy spoon with a diner bar, maybe a few tables inside. Yeah. And there's little tables sitting outside the building now. And I saw a man sitting outside drinking a cup of coffee. It reminded me of being in Italy or France and seeing this little <laughs> man on the side of the road just at a bistro. With this espresso yeah, and a biscotti. espresso. Yeah. And sitting outside. And the temperature, I think, that day was probably 80, 85. It wasn't, it wasn't cool. It wasn't hot. It was kind of in the middle. But I thought, why don't we have more of this? Yeah. Why did it take us to have to get like blown out of every building everywhere to say, I'll sit outside? Yeah. I think we should have been sitting outside for a while. Not not to say we don't need indoor seating. We definitely need indoor seating, but oh, yeah. it's nice to have the option. You know, does everything have to be a friggin' parking lot? Can we take three parking lot spots and put a picnic table out there? Might be nice. Yeah. So anyway. And being a bigger guy, trust me, I appreciate air conditioning. But you know, sometimes in the summer, especially if you're listening to live music yeah. or you just I don't know. Want to see other people in the world or listen to birds? Yeah. It's nice to be outdoors. He's got a big heart, folks. That's what he's talking about. I do. I do. <laughs> it's <Wild. enlarged. laughs> It's It's rather large. <laughs> I might have undiagnosed heart disease. Yeah. Speaking of people who have some undiagnosed oh, issues. And maybe a big heart. We'll never know. Is it time? It's time for your moment of must. Staggeringly dumb. That is what Elon Musk said last week when he was throwing an insult at Nikola Motors, which had rocketed to a crazy 500% since April. Love him or hate him, no one denies that Musk is a genius. He built Tesla, easily the world's most innovative car company, from scratch. And when he's not running Tesla, he works on the side job as a rocket scientist for his private company, SpaceX. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was an article that I stumbled across this week. And you know what that did, Daryl? What did that, that open up the rabbit hole? So we're gonna turn off this moment of musk. We're gonna head down the rabbit hole. Just found the marble in the oatmeal. Lucky, lucky, lucky little boy. You know why? You get to drink from the rabbit hole. I'd never heard of Nikola Motors. As a matter of fact, I think Nikola Motors, maybe I heard of one time and I thought it was an Onion article, but there is actually a company out there that now has taken Nikola Tesla's first name and, I mean, really, you would think that that's more important than his last name, right? So we got yeah. Nikola and we got Tesla. So now we got two companies out there that are stealing the name of the, the first, was the first scientist who say DC power was the way to go. Before Edison squashed him under his big electric boot, aka and, a crackpot. But yeah. go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Anyway, uh, so then I did the rabbit hole thing, Daryl. So I got to look this up. I mean, I don't know what Nikola Motors is. So I looked up the Nikola Badger. Nikola Badger. The Badger. That's the name. We of don't their... need no stinking badgers. But apparently, <laughs> the Badger is their truck. Uh, and when you look at the Nikola Badger and you do some Google searching for images, you will find that that vehicle is amazingly similar to the Rivian. Uh, and I don't even know the Rivian model number, but the yeah, Rivian like truck. S oh. something. S D S T. Yeah, the, the elemental yeah, The USB one. Right. Um, no, side by side, you got the, the, the one, the one, two comparison here. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the same vehicle. 
Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And uh, so Nikola is a company that's out of Arizona. Uh, they, they are publicly traded, which, you know, is, as Elon was pointing out there, seems crazy. Um, in March 2019, Nikola acquired 389 parcel in Arizona for $23 million with a future state and local tax breaks. They expect to build a truck factory and start construction in 2020. They start expecting to build trucks in 2021, and they want to be able to build 35 to 50,000 trucks by 2023. This number to me is, I mean, the Rivian and RJ Scringe have some crazy plans, but I've never even heard of this company. They're talking about building 35 to 50,000 trucks a year. Yeah, one of their goals is to overtake the Ford F-150 as the U.S.'s highest truck And that was when model. I was just like, give me a break. Okay, for the first time in my life, I might agree with Elon Musk. But then again, Daryl, I signed up for Starlink this week. I said, you know what? what? I I signed up for the email newsletter. You know. Oh, okay. So you didn't sign a contract to? No, no. <laughs> but you know, I figure if this if Elon's spitting up fifty <laughs> or sixty satellites a week, and he's going to have some kind of fast internet coming down, and I can tell you this, Daryl, you want a piece of that? This show suffers because of my internet. My life suffers. My kids' <laughs> life suffers. My kids' education suffers because of my internet here. So it's cue the uh, sad Sarah McLaughlin music. Seriously, though. In the arms mm-hmm. of... Yeah. Lots anyway. of sad puppy dog yeah, faces. Yeah. Um, I signed up for the Starlink newsletter. So if I get Starlink out here, I'm going to be an early adopter. I'm probably going to join on that thing. I don't care. All right. All right. Yeah. Will, now, will, will you still continue the moment of Musk, then? I think so. Right. Now, the rabbit hole segment is all about going down maybe one layer, two layers, three layers. The onion just keeps unraveling. And what I had done, finally, I thought, you know what? Nikola and Tesla, Nikola and Tesla. This is this is a man's name. This isn't just a brand. This is a guy's identity, and there's a lineage there. I mean, did did he spawn children? There has to be like Tesla children running around somewhere, right? So did people usurp his name? Yeah. In, in the name of of commerce, I mean, we gotta love we gotta love capitalism. Sure. We can do whatever we want here, yeah. but but are they are they reaping any reward from this? So then I went into Google to find the descendants of Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you sign up for an Ancestry.com account? <laughs> that I haven't done that okay. yet. That might be the fourth That's layer tomorrow. of the rabbit hole, okay? Yeah. But this rabbit hole has gone down. So I got to the point where finally I couldn't find any more answers, and I had to, Google said, would you like to post this question for others to answer? And I think I'm at that point, Daryl, where I'm going to ask. I think I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think All I right. am too. So we, maybe the next episode I will reveal whether or not people in the Tesla family are making money off of people stealing the name. But you said before, uh, Edison, like yeah. nobody's stealing that name. Why? He was just a well, big innovator. Well, but, but that was Commonwealth. I mean, Commonwealth Edison and General Electric. I mean, th- these companies were founded by him. So Edison's had his time, Daryl. All right. You know, right. you know, he he stole Nikola Tesla's ideas. He he made him a pauper. He made him broke and penniless. Right. You know, Edison is an evil person. All right. That's so I've heard. Yeah, I do want to check out his museum though, in Where's New that? Jersey. Oh, there's like his old labs and yeah, stuff? Yeah, oh, I'll check that out. I'm anyway. sure it's loaded with PCBs. Yeah, yeah. In a related article, and this is kind of a moment of Musk uh, sequel. If you didn't know, Teslarati.com has an article the, by Mark Takashi. He posted this down as one of the most... What do I say? The most horrible trends coming out right now in automotive, and it's design trends that are being adopted by all car makers. He said that Tesla is probably the worst at this, and it's all about having touch screens that control everything in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lexus, BMW, the Genesis brand are all guilty of this, but they're saying that Tesla 
is possibly the worst. And he says, it may look sleek, but digging through menus to access basic functionality is not. So we'll put that video online as well. And yeah. that was your bonus, oh, sorry. bonus moment of Musk. It's a little more toned down. Yeah, sorry. Well, it's, you know, I, I hate to stretch this thing out, you know. Well, yeah, we don't want to do that. <laughs> Interesting stuff, though. Um, let's talk about things that tick us off. Is it is it time to do that? Yeah, I think we can do that. I think we've had enough of the Elon and and the ra- like I said the rabbit hole. I'll, I'll continue that later. I, you know. I, it's it's definitely interesting to note, and I would love to see what what ends up happening with that because usually when you borrow somebody's name or likeness, even if it is in kind of a trivial uh, product or name, yeah, somebody's getting rich off that. You have to think somebody should. Well, I did see when I was googling all this that Elon had thrown a million dollars at the Tesla museum. The Nikolai Tesla. A million, million dollars. With an M. Yeah, a million. I mean, not that he hasn't made... How many billion... I mean, I don't know how many billions he's worth right now, but how much do you think he's made off of that name? Uh, bazillions. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the guy that goes to Starbucks. Yeah. He gets like 75 cents change and throws all the change in the yeah. tip jar. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I think, I think, well... Clink, clink, clink. Yeah. Thanks, sir. That's probably more genu- generous than what Elon's done. But anyway. Yeah, what a dork. Anyways... Um, so, so, the, so the rift zone, if you don't know, is is where Daryl, he's salty. Something has just shaped him. It's like rubbing him raw in a spot. So now he's rinsed it. Off. He's rinsed that leather off like a workhorse. Do I need ointment? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely a topical cream. Some, some sort, sort of cream. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is good. Is it getting awkward. No. Anyway, so right now uh, Daryl's gonna. He's going to tell you all about the, the, the truths that lie in her. Yeah. I wasn't as fired up about this as I have been in previous uh, episodes and installments of the Rift Zone, but I, I don't know about you. Eric, when you listen, because I don't pay for anything, so I'm, I'm Pandora, Spotify. I, like, I pay for Spotify. Okay. I get the ads served up like every Can't five minutes. Can't do it, Daryl. It's terrible. The ads that keep coming to me are for car insurance oh. or car buying services, you know, like Carvana. Because you need that. <laughs> I need none of it. But it's all mostly, I, I'm hearing a key word that comes up all, uh, uh, time and time again lately, and it's fair. Oh. Do you think your car insurance is fair? Do you think what you should pay, you know, pay a fair price for this yeah. car? Yeah. What's fair? You know. Is life fair? No. Life isn't fair. What are you, five years old? It's not a game of. Participation ch- trophies? It's not for everybody. Okay. We're not in like grade school gym class. The thing that sucks is. If you want something, you like it, you buy it. If you can't afford it, take a hike, man. That's what it's all about. Or negotiate. If you got some chops and you can sit down and broker a deal, fantastic. But there's so many people out there right now, and the marketplace keeps catering and shifting to cater to these whining babies who don't want to pay full price for anything. That's why when you walk into a store, any retail store now, everything's on sale. 10% off, 30% off, yeah, this and that, yeah, coupons, this, yeah, yeah, buyer's uh, yeah. club, you're in our email rewards program, get a free sub. What happens to I want a sub sandwich, I'm hungry, here's my money, give me a sub sandwich. Yeah. Now it's like, mm, I don't think it's fair that I pay eight ninety nine for a BLT because I can like make that at home. Well, guess what? You're not at home. Wasn't there uh, a business that was going to have you like decide what you paid for everything, a restaurant yeah, or something? it was like a restaurant. Yeah. And they're like, well, we don't have went. prices on our menu. Yeah. You don't hear about it. I guarantee you there. <laughs> I guarantee it, it's belly up. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the two famous examples in the auto business would be Saturn, which is long gone. That was one right. price. And and Scion was also one price. 
And uh, that was a giant experiment. And I'm surprised, actually, there's not a manufacturer right now doing one price. I don't think, I think, I don't know, I'm not a salesperson. I, I would think it'd be easier if you just come in, this is the price. This month we're doing deals on these models. This month we're doing deals on others. Yeah. That's kind of how it always has been, right? Yeah. I mean, in some way, shape, or form. But everybody, I don't know if it's the internet, I don't know if it's a, a, an age or a demographic thing, but not everything is going to go on sale. There's think, not going to be a time where you're going to walk in and be like, what? Uh, uh, 50% off Corvettes this month. <laughs> it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I think it might be coming down to the fact now we're getting back into salesmanship. Yeah. Because now, oh, they get me. They understand me. You know, like there's I, an angle. Yeah. Because I think ultimately, I mean, the numbers are about the same. So, I mean, if I compare state farm to nationwide to country companies, how different can they possibly be? But, they said, you know, fair. They yeah. said the, the magic word. Yeah, and I think yeah. that might be where the – let's just start using these keywords to start getting these millennials, you stupid millennials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't say it, but I was thinking it. Uh, <laughs> but no, you're getting, sorry. you're getting sucked in by the, basically salesmanship. I mean, It's that emotional. Yeah, it's the, it is. And, and, and I kid, and I, I harp on millennials and younger People believe me, the gen- the, believe me, the uh, the greatest generation and the uh, boomers they get sucked in by it too. Don't get me wrong, they do. It's us Gen Xers who understand what's going on. Well, you can say the same thing, yeah, about the older folks. You know, oh, he's a so and so nice guy, gave me a fair deal. Right? Yeah, you can hear. An older I always trust that. Ray. Ray always does me fair. He yeah. treats me fair. Yeah, it's. <laughs> by the way, any older person has a southern accent. That's in our world. That's just what's happening. Yeah, but uh, no, no stereotypes here. No, but it's it's across the gamut, and obviously they wouldn't be putting those messages out in the market if it didn't work. Yeah, but at the same time, there's oh, just there, something there was about a team. It. There was twenty people around a table somewhere <laughs> watching a commercial, and believe me, somebody else had a good idea right before it, and somebody else had a good idea right after it. Mm-hmm. But the guy in between who had said fair, like that, really says what we want to say. We're going with uh, uh, Noah's. Yeah. Campaign. <laughs> it's a great campaign. Great job, Noah. Yeah. Take the rest of the day off for some work life yeah. balance. Yeah. No, I, I think it's fantastic if it works for people, but there's some it triggers something in me because there's always something you sound triggered. I rem- I am. Maybe I am a millennial. I don't know. No, I just I Closet remember millennial. I remember just like getting punched in the face or something and you know it wasn't fair and it's like I remember whether it was a teacher or like my dad or somebody was like, yeah, life ain't fair, kid. That, that's, you know, in my shop all the time we yell, not fair, not fair, it's not fair, you know, cause uh, we had a, we had an advisor years ago that <laughs> something was being worked on and, you know, it wasn't his car yeah. that was in the shop. He's like, it's not fair, you know. <laughs> Come on, dude. Dude, we're all just, you know, generally speaking, we're all here to do the same thing, okay? Just just get work done and get out by 5.30 every night. You That's know? right. And yeah. don't kill anybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's the goal. Don't Today. kill anybody, don't yeah. die. Don't worry about killing somebody tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. So that's what's bugging me. That was pretty good, Daryl. How about you? you, you everything in, Everything's coming up roses in your neck of the woods, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we talked about it in the last episode, and I said I wish the uh, manufacturers would stop surveys because I will say this. Uh, you know, our friend Jake... Uh, who's been on the show before? I think it was on Irish Lightning. Not to be confused with Jake from State Jake Farm. from State Farm. Yeah, we won't be talking about that guy anytime soon. Um, no, Jake Irish. You know, he works for one of those major companies that deals with customer service, and and I deal with customer service. And the customers are particularly nasty right now. It's almost like a, you know, people don't believe in the full moon. Yeah, my wife works in a prison. Believe me, she she believes in the full moon effect. But um, everybody's nasty. Everybody's nobody's happy. 
They're not getting what they want. And generally in life, they're not getting what they want. They're, they're being told what to do here and there. And when they have an opportunity to be, have some power or talk to people or even, you know, feel combative, mm-hmm. they're getting nasty. So I've, I've had more confrontations with customers recently than, than I, than I care to even say. Really? And, I, and, and also on the flip side of that, I've probably had my staff working harder and stretch thinner than they have in years. So it's just, it, it's a double-edged sword. But the one that really galls me, and I've seen this now twice in the last month, is when customers walk up to me and go, listen, I just want you to let you know, I'm, I'm just naturally a jack wagon. I'm just naturally an a-hole. And all my friends know that. And I'm just going to let you know that's just how I do business. Hmm. And I just, you know, before any other conversation, zero conversations been had other than let me know that they're hard to deal with. Just and so I, you know, I'm yeah, and and so jerk. you know, and I guess you know, my conversation back would be, well, you know, I'm pretty much known to be a pretty nice guy, and I'm not that kind of way. And I should say, and if you're going to be that way, you and I probably aren't going to get along very well, you know. And I, <laughs> you call that level setting? Yeah, maybe I don't know because that's you know the one gal that told me that we got through the conversation, and she told me. What'd she say? It was hilarious. She goes, I just want to let you know you diffuse the situation very well. And I'm like, really? It really, th- I think the only situation we had here is your radio wasn't programmed properly because it wasn't for her Bluetooth settings and mm-hmm. she had a rock chip in her windshield, you know. And that I, was, that I, was just going to set her off before you even. Lady, yeah. the, 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 and lady, um. <laughs> hey, lady. Terry Lewis? <laughs> yeah, Terry Lewis. Uh, I mean, we could, uh, we could have a lot more problems, you know, than this, but uh, it's not worth getting in a fight over. So it's yeah. it's very tough right now, and that's that's my riff zone. I just we we've got to have some decorum, man. It's people got to get back to some social standards. You know, talking about the guy sitting outside having his coffee outside the bistro, you know, retro 1950s, 1960s. People were so much classier. Can we try and be classier in our conversations with people up front? Cary Grant would walk up, somebody would go. I just want to let you know I'm an asshole. You know, right. so, I'll beep that out right. later. <laughs> or like Gregory Peck and Roman yeah, Holly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm a known a-hole. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. Anyway, that's that's where I'm at this week, Daryl. What an interesting way to interact with other human beings on planet Earth. Yeah, exactly. I was I got to 50 years of my life just so I could get into your service department and get in your face. Yeah. And believe me, all my experiences led up to this moment so I can just launch into a tirade on you. Man, your life has been very satisfying. I feel sorry for you, <laughs> yes. These are the limits of your life, my friend. Uh, right. Well, I am not buying any new vehicles, so this virtual... I got close. Got Did close. You? Yes. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. Do you want, do you want to start off? Yeah. Well, let's talk about... This is our... Well, I think... Is this our favorite segment of the show, Daryl? I think this is my favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, it's We'd not doing... my favorite because I have a lot of heartache in this episode, you know, this, this part of the show, you know. Because it's like the, the, the one you loved and lost. And I, did, got away. I did talk to the people with the 220 SE, and, and did I tell you about that? No, no, no. Up in uh, oh, oh, Morris. Okay. In Morris. So we need to bring the, the folks at home in, up to speed on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So last episode, if you were listening, I pined hard for Yui Roquist. And uh, sure enough, Daryl found Yui Roquist's old car. Not quite Yui's car. Close. But God, it was close enough I could imagine myself in it with her. Anyway. Swedish rally driver. Uh, listen to episode 32. Just go back. It, yeah. We're not going to describe it again. Uh, but it was a 220 SE, and it was up in Morris, Illinois, which is only a hop, skip, and a jump from here. And a Mercedes, night- by the way. Sorry. 
<laughs> you, you, you gotta get yeah, I'm sorry, a little frame was, of reference. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 you're fine. Well, again, if you're not following along, if you don't go back to the last episode, you don't deserve to know anymore. Anyway. Just so you know. Just so you know, you and I had a thing. <laughs> so, there's a young couple up in Morris, Illinois that has a 220SE. And it's a rust bucket. But, it's been straight from Italy. I don't even know how they got a hold of the car. Don't know how it's been procured. And so I, I sent, and Daryl sends me a message, says, hey, this car is for sale. You know what? They're, what are they asking? Twenty two hundred? It was yeah. It was under three grand. So at that point, I'm like, eh, twenty two hundred. Maybe that takes fifteen. You know, you never know. So I I email them te- or I text them a couple messages through Facebook Messenger because on Facebook Marketplace, and they're really not good at responding. They're like, uh, don't really know much about the car. It we never ran it. We bought it as a project car. Uh, oh. And I said, does the engine turn over? Has anybody ever put on the turn the crank? Yeah, yeah. I just. I don't need to know everything. But I just need basics. to know if it needs an engine or not. Because it, th- this $2,200 rusty beast, if the engine seized, is a, is worthless to me. You know, sure. but, but if that engine's salvageable. But they couldn't even really... Th- well, we don't really know. Which means they probably either do know and it's not good. Maybe. Or but, they're clueless. Yeah, but if they were in Peoria, I might have taken the drive up. I would say, hey, Daryl, let's go check this car oh out. Oh, my God. I'd still, I'll still do it tomorrow. Let's go to want. Morris. Anyway, we should look and see. Uh, but that's not even the car I want to talk about in my virtual shopping cart this week. <laughs> so what is so what what is actually on the on the docket? Because yeah, you, yeah. you you came close. Yeah. So cars of the week is the segment where Daryl and I sit down and we uh, we peruse the classifieds. We take out our our mental wallets and we spend mental money because we're not spending our real money. But sometimes Daryl does and sometimes I do. But yeah, do. in this segment of the show, we try and find a car that we would love to buy and uh, we just. We would own this car if we had the money. And generally speaking, it's not something that's like rich and expensive. It's not a McLaren. It's usually a $2,200 Mercedes. 64 Mercedes 220 SE. <laughs> exactly. So this week, uh, we, we actually traded for a 2000 MR2 Spider. And when it came in, Pat Ford, the general manager, came and said, hey, what would you give for this car? And I'm like, I got a little excited because it was red. It had a black top. The car had seventy or 80,000 miles on it. It's a real five-speed as opposed to that stupid half-manual automatic thing they put in there. with the, the It was like an auto stick. And you had to use the paddle shifters or you had to use the shifter to drive the car. Oh, okay. It's just... It was make, a weird little transition. If somebody likes that, I, I would love for you to sit down and give me the argument on it because it makes no sense yeah, to me. Yeah. Commit to the automatic or drive a stick shift. Whatever this paddle thing is, I mean, I hate to be cruising around town and just constantly bam, 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 having to sh- you know, shift that thing. It's like a video game. It's stupid. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so legit five-speed. Legit five-speed. Nice car. The gal, I think she was second owner on it. Her brother had owned the car. And... Um, these cars I've been kind of watching. I, you know, the kids, you know, my kids are trying to find a Celica convertible. We own a Celica convertible, and I'm like, you know, screw the Celica convertible. Let's get an MR2 because we can maybe we can drive. Play. When is the last time I ever used the back seat on my Celica convertible, other than to tote somebody in a parade? Never, never. Yeah, so you and know, an I, MR2 on an autocross course would be. Well, I didn't say that part, Daryl, uh-huh, but uh-huh. that would definitely be ideal. And it's red and it's black interior. It's a nice little car. So. um it turns out, because I waited and delayed, well, I took pictures of it and sent it to my wife. She didn't get them that day. Uh, they put it on, they took it in. They're going to retail the car. And then my wife texts me the next day and goes, well, we, did you buy it for me yet? 
I'm like, so you got oh, the green light. I had the green light, but now they're asking like ten grand for the car. So I could have got the wholesale money, I think. Uh, you know. Anyway, not a big deal. That's you know. okay. That's yeah. okay. It'll go I, to a good home. I think paddle. Well, I think we're gonna sell the car, and this is what I told Mike Fort. I think this car is a car guru's car. I think people get on there. They're oh, gonna yeah. they're gonna find a manual transmission, low miles. I think there's one up in the Quad Cities for about the same price. This car is very clean. The paint is nice. The roof is nice. And on those older cars with a plastic rear window, you know, you're looking for a couple key things for wear and tear. It's a nice car. So if we sell it, God bless them. If we don't sell it, uh, I might put my money where my mouth okay. is. Okay. Yeah, and I could see getting rid of Red Mist for this. Really? Th- yeah, well, yeah. This is definitely, this would be, you could autocross this car. We could road trip this car. It, it's just yeah. You and the you and the missus could could yeah. run have a nice weekend. You have somewhere. to have a duffel bag because there's no storage <laughs> in it. But uh, other than that, great little car. Yeah, just put a trailer. Just pull a U-Haul behind. That's what we'll do. We'll get one of those motorcycle trailers. <laughs> pull it right behind. For it. your two suitcases. Exactly. Exactly. Cool little cars though. You don't see them a lot. And uh, I remember when when they did come out with that. Is that considered a third gen? That uh, that would be the third gen MR2, but this you know, but there was a big gap because I think but ninety four maybe is when they maybe ninety five somewhere in there they yeah. stopped the MR2 product. Well, they stopped bringing from Japan back over here, and gotcha. then they came out with the Spider when they came out with the new new Celica and the new Corolla with that uh, that little bit bigger four cylinder with the uh, variable valve timing, which was super hot. You could get that car with you know, almost two hundred horse, horsepower in a one point eight liter, I think. Which is for for that car, how small it is. Oh yeah, it'd it was, be a blast. Yeah, it was fun. It'd be like a little go kart. Well, yeah, keep keep so, us posted. Almost bought it. I definitely uh, the you know I I have not had a green light in a long time, and I fumbled it. So fumbleia. It's okay. We'll see. Well, you, never, you never know what'll show up show up in the stall stable. Well, and you never know when another one might pop up. So if that's what the missus likes, yeah. I, apparently, I hit. I hit. Very it's nice. like a strike on a on a hook. Just like, bam. It is interesting what you do get the green light on. Yeah. Because there's times where I'm like, ah, oh, she's not gonna go for this. And it's like, yeah, you can go ahead and I'm like, oh sweet. At least in my travels, I'm I've been pleasantly surprised with what I'm allowed to buy. Um, by the way, I'm not allowed to buy this next one. <laughs> she said, Oh, that's cool. Uh, that was it. Yeah. That's the kiss of death. Okay. Like, that's neat. Um, my pick for this week is a little older. We're going to roll the clock back a little bit to 1954. Always older with Daryl, by the way. Yeah, usually. I was going to pick, um, I was at the grocery store the other day at Hy-Vee, and there was a, a newer Mercedes AMG, it was like an E63 uh, sed- uh, uh, station wagon. Okay. It's oh, this, yeah. It's the big-ass wagon yeah. with the all-wheel drive, yeah. the twin-turbo V8. Cool car. And I saw this thing, and it just looked hot. And I'm like... Why am I? So is that the swoopy one, or is it the box? It's more the box. Okay, because because they, they got really swoopy with their wagons there. They did. Yeah. yeah, this is more the kind of the tight, smaller, boxy one. But I thought with that big motor, twin turbo, all wheel drive, and it's been hammerized. Like I totally <laughs> would dig this car. <laughs> but and then I realized like it probably do a tune up. It'd be like five. Grand. Oh yeah, no the, so. the the maintenance on that car. You could you could own couple of these 50s cars and rebuild them for the cost of like a brake job on that mercedes yeah it's just it's cool but uh it's just out of my league uh this one uh, for my pick of the week is a 54 studebaker commander coupe and when people think studebakers they think the big classic bullet nose yeah. kind of the late 40s early 50s cars which this are, thing looks like a lake boat it does it actually is kind of a neat design uh raymond lowey the same industrial designer that designed the lucky strike logo and the trash cans that look like R2-D2 with the yeah. round top, that was his work. Real famous. Anyways, <laughs> he designed so. this car. Yeah. So uh, Raymond Lowy, a huge industrial guy. 
And when these things came out, it actually very streamlined, very minimal chrome, almost European kind of looking. And they're sharp cars. They look great, but they still have a real crappy uh, inline six-cylinder. makes, like, no horsepower, flathead. I mean, kind of antiquated design. But Studebaker wasn't really cutting edge with motors until late 50s, early 60s. Uh, so this was a nice car. It'd be a fun cruiser. It's kind of a stripped-down model, so there's not a lot of extra bling. But I like it because you actually see the lines in the car. And this uh, this is a yellow with a black top, so kind of a bumblebee, but not as cool. <laughs> and it's uh, it's sitting in Springfield, so five grand. It needs a little bit of TLC, but it's a complete solid car. And I thought it might be kind of fun to have another coupe. But so as a classic car guy, because I, yeah. I, I've noticed a trend. We've only done thirty three episodes where I'm starting to develop trends with with Daryl. <laughs> uh, notice these things. Uh, it, so to you, the engine doesn't matter so much as basically the fins and the gill. I mean, the, the look of the car. Yeah, dictates the you know why you'd want to own that car. Yeah, and the older I get, the more I appreciate. Uh, both of my grandfathers were engineers, and I've always had, I think, part of them that's rubbed off on me. My dad's more the gearhead, yeah, and that's where I, I get all my gearhead and car stuff from him, and my uncle and, and stuff to some extent. Both a couple uncles actually, but my both my grandfathers, mother and father's side, were both engineers, so they're very analytical and design oriented, and you know, kind of focused on that. Yeah. And, uh, and marketing a little bit too. So I, I, the older I get, I more, if I see something at Costco and it's a good price, I'm like, mm, eh, whatever. But if I see something that's like absolutely gorgeous and stunning, I will just throw money at it and I don't care how much it costs. I've become a sucker for, uh, design. Yeah. And that's bitten me a few times because I'll get something that looks great and is a total pile. <laughs> uh, or I'll buy something that's like, hey, this is pretty cool. But under the hood is garbage. Yeah. And that's where I get into it with some of my friends who are into like Max and things like that, where they're like, this just works, period. And there's something to that, too. But, I mean, and to your credit, I mean, you bought the Toyota truck. Yeah, that's for the dailies. Yeah. That's why the last two okay. purchases I made were Toyotas, because yeah. I was like, I want to turn the key and not worry about it. Yeah. And they look great, and they function yeah. great, and I'm fine yeah. with it. I don't have to have some, like, you know, super hot, amazing, like the new Broncos look incredible. Yeah, well, on paper, yeah, on paper. I still haven't seen a you know a real one yet. I would love to have something like that in the stable. I have no idea about the drivetrain or what chassis it's on. Or it'll probably be okay. It'll probably be a turbo six. And I, I, I tell you what. Well, we this is post show stuff. Sure. We'll, we'll get into the post show. You know, folks, you want to listen to post show? Go to the Patreon. You got to be on the Patreon train, right? There you go. But yeah, so we'll figure it out. But yeah, that's definitely. I'm much more about the design than. Then, uh, I'm no, starting to notice with some of these these recent selections. Let's put it that way. Yeah, much more, much more <laughs> the case. <laughs> All right, I think you've come to the end of another throwing wrenches podcast. We and have nothing more to contribute. Honestly, we I think we are spent. But uh, we appreciate you hanging out and taking the ride with us. It's been a little while. We've, uh, good to have have people back in the saddle. And a lot of folks have been asking, you know, when are you guys going to get on a schedule? When do your shows yeah. get released? Yeah. We're going to try to get back on the bi-weekly schedule. So, yeah, I can. think uh, last summer we said bi-weekly. And, and I don't think it was really a big problem. But it, what you don't know is uh, Daryl works for a medical center in, in town. And, and it was pretty strict that, you know, you can't be out and about. You know, saying, "Hey, look at me! I'm I'm doing this and that." So you were loyal to your company, and same thing for me. Uh, you know, we can't. We were supposed to be socially distant, so uh, we. I think we did our due diligence all spring. But if we can try and pull off a show every couple of weeks this summer, we're definitely going to do that. There's lots to talk about. There's lots of stuff going on. I got a trip coming. Um, 
to Colorado. I'll be doing some off-road stuff. Uh, we were trying really, really hard to get a hold of the local icon for an interview show. And there's going to be much more autocross, much more super talk. And, um, man, that's just scratching the surface, right? Yeah. I mean, it's infinite. It is. And we had really, re- we had high hopes for the summer. And I know everything changed. Everything kind of got some cold water thrown at it. But we're going to try to get back on track as much as we can. And try to hit up some of the local events, things like that. I mean, we're not going to set up a tent and have, like, you know, yet <laughs> crazy stuff <laughs> yet. Yeah. But uh, we'll get there. And we appreciate uh, everybody who's who's shared the show and, and, and offered us feedback. And we we'll definitely have a couple other folks that we want to get on the program here yeah. in this season. So don't yeah. worry. Look we'll out get for that. You. We'll make it happen, man. Yep, yep. yep. Till next time, I'm Daryl Scott. I'm Eric Stahl. See ya.